Welcome to another episode of Sunday's Strays of House Sitter's Tales, recorded on a rainy day. This episode includes some reflection about myself, about others in my life, and on our human journey, and naturally, on travel as a lifestyle. My nature is to think, perhaps too much on occasions, and that's a legacy of my dysfunctional childhood. I'm unusually self-aware, if that is even a thing. I really don't know, as I don't know what goes on in other people's minds. I do know there are people who never look inside themselves. What they find could be downright scary. And it's important to be honest, not just with others, but with ourselves, and to do no harm, or at least do our best to be good people. It took me a long time to realise I didn't need to be perfect. As child me, I believed even my thoughts were being monitored. That's called coercive control. It took even longer to figure out who I was. And pretty sure I didn't want to grow old, chained to a desk or alone. Although my nomadic lifestyle of the past four years is possible because I was stuck in a box for decades, working for the man, My best work was when working directly with clients, doing outreach, helping people with serious health challenges, compounded by lifestyle obstacles. If I could enable someone to step out of the quicksand, it was deeply satisfying work. Well, not even work, as I got paid to feel good about what I was doing. And all that paid work helped, in some ways, not all giving me the freedom both to travel and work, but it's on my terms and my terms are fairly flexible. Though I can tell you I'm never fully relaxed, never have been, never will be, always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Even my dreams are a flurry of vivid images and that affects the quality of my sleep. At the moment, the hot night air is doing that without any help from peculiar dreams. Anyway, Back to house sitting. I've just tackled another ant nest that was making a huge mess of my host's swimming pool edging. The ants dug out sand from under the paving bricks. It's loose and slips into the swimming pool. A stream of fine particles that settle on the bottom and the creepy crawly finds difficult to remove. Then pulled out a plant with nice leaves. Not knowing what it was, a poolside plant that sprung up I'd let it grow, thinking it'd turn into a shady tree. But it turned into a prickly bush, so that had to go. It had giant thorns, and these homeowners have an infant child. But those ants. Ants are the most successful species on this planet. I can't win that game, but I sure can try. There are solar lights embedded in the dirt around the pool surrounds. I noticed a lot of ant activity near one and pulled it out to uncover a huge nest. Sorry, but it's got to go. There are more ants on Earth than just about any other species and they bite me even when I'm floating in the pool, rescuing ladybirds from imminent drowning. Yesterday I drove out to an historic village with a surprisingly high volume of traffic and obligatory roadworks. So, more cars and trucks can travel through the town. I had a list of geocaches to log and wanted to have a look around. 
there was a rain cloud hovering overhead. I walked along a bike path for around one and a half kilometres through a wetlands reserve. Then the clouds burst. I was sitting at a picnic bench sheltering from the rain. There were a couple of mums with little ones nearby, also running for cover. And I'm thinking it's a weekday and I'm here waiting for the rain to ease off. Not sitting at a desk in front of a computer, a slave to the corporate machine. And it's okay to do nothing and enjoy the distinctive scent of petrichor as the rain churns up the earth, releasing and mixing with bacteria. How cool is that? A jogger scooted past. Damp ponytail stuck to the back of her neck, unperturbed by the downpour. And as the rain turned to fine drizzle, I headed back down the track to my car. This has been one of my longer house sits, two full months, but I've done a few of these and met other house sitters who have done six and even eight months. As the days wander past, I have an eye on my week's holiday, visiting friends, one of which I've known since I was a teenager, and the other a geocacher who adopted me at an event, and looking forward to a few beach days a bit further south. In fact, yesterday I met a couple of geocachers, pulling up behind their car. They were already on the hunt. It's a social game and we have a common interest in finding hidden treasure. We found the cache stood around swapping notes, then headed off to the next location in convoy. Luckily for me, one of them had a good eye for sneaky hides. I have thought about taking a break and settling somewhere for, say, six months. It's not going to be possible this year. 2024 is already a runaway train. My plan is to drive across the top end in winter and I already have one house sit booked in Western Australia and now also realise I won't have time to see everything this year. But it's my first lap of the country. Just about everyone I know as travellers has already done the circuit at least once, some of them many times. I've done chunks of the Aussie coastline, but this trip will join the dots. I'd hope to do it with a fellow traveller for various reasons, but you know, some people get stuck wandering around in circles without direction, a prisoner of their own mind. But no matter, I can do this on my own. And it's not as though I'll be alone out there. There are many people on the road, too many perhaps. You may be wondering how I get house sitting gigs, and at least for me, and probably others who've been doing it for a while, it's mostly now return business. I think about where I would like to go and how I can get there. Early in my house sitting journey, I joined one of the online platforms, paid my subscription fee, typed out a profile highlighting my attributes and skills, put up some photos, including with pets, and yes, I really can service a chainsaw, then actively sought a gig in areas of interest to me. That led to good reviews. That led to people contacting me from the website. And so it goes. I get a discount now on my annual fees. Should also mention I've looked at social media pages that target house sitters and homeowners, but would never consider booking that way. I have a police clearance, first aid certificates, 
experience with animal care, experience with rural property management, and pretty good with gardening stuff and tools. I also vet my homeowners. If they don't provide photos, I ask for them. We talk by phone or on video chat. We usually click or not. I'm not offended if someone doesn't pick me. I do get picked or approached directly, but we still go through a mutual vetting process. And after the one experience with a rural property owner, the anxious dog owner, who came back from holidays a week early, I need to be sure my hosts and I both have each other's interests at heart. Keep that reciprocity and mutual respect functional. A couple I met, house sitters, told me they were flown over to the West Coast for an extended stay at the host's expense. And like the family have booked me for a Southwest gig, I expect they found the right person, in their case a couple, and got in before someone else booked them out. It can get competitive. That couple told me they each have an account on different house-sitting platforms, two of them, so they can afford to pay two subscriptions. I only joined one of the sites. In the case of my upcoming West Coast house sit, the owners were inundated with wannabe house sitters. She actually told me that when my expression of interest popped into the inbox, it was a relief. No need for them to wade through the rest of the emails. Just send out a thank you for your interest reply. I think that cut both ways. Responding to inquiries is something I haven't touched on previously. Be prompt in your replies and expect the same of homeowners. The website I use has a score system and marks down people who are tardy. I can see homeowners who don't bother to respond. And we should talk more about communication later. It's the key to everything we do in this life. You don't want to waste time writing to someone who is never going to respond or muck you about. And same goes if they contact you or me. If it's not in my direction of travel or at least of interest, you don't want to waste time writing to someone who is never going to respond or muck you about. The same goes if they contact you or me. If it's not in my direction of travel or at least of interest, I send a polite reply. Same if I'm interested in the house sit. Then do my due diligence on the homeowner's profile. I've mentioned in previous episodes, some of my homeowners now feel more like friends. I care about them. I care about their pets. And I get that back in offers of accommodation if passing through and gifts during my house sits. Not an expectation, but a fun surprise nonetheless. I also like to leave prezzies for my favourites. Cooked goodies in the fridge and treats for pets. Even treats for farm animals. And horses love licorice. It's not an obligation on anyone's part. I've put a few plants into this garden, lavender and rosemary, done weeding that is not part of my job description. It usually isn't on my job list. Weeds just bug me. And the chooks are spoilt. This morning's can of corn was appreciated. It's not an obligation on anyone's part. I put a few plants into this garden, lavender and rosemary, done weeding that is not part of my job description. It usually isn't on my job list. Weeds just bug me. 
and the chooks are spoilt. This morning's can of corn was appreciated. They will get rolled oats and milk tomorrow. The aim or bottom line is treat the property and pets as you would want for your own. It's not a freebie, it's a responsibility. Someone has put their trust in you or me, and that will be reflected in your website reviews and in the kindness of people. Those who book me directly can't leave a review on the website. I've received both typed and handwritten references, and going forward, I cherish those relationships. These are my kind of people. I travel so they can travel, and it works. When I'm offshore this Easter, I have a place to park my car and can walk straight from my house sit into a holiday. That's peace of mind. Don't be that lady with the dog and teenage boys looking for a free gig, sipping wine in the swimming pool. Guess what I was doing last night? A reward for managing those pesty ants. And if you're new to this business, stick to what you know. I was horrified when a homeowner told me she booked a couple who claimed to be experienced in the care of horses. They were no such thing. A neighbour had to be called in to assist. Not exactly a relaxing holiday for the host. And horses can require specialised care. I had the best time on that property and am now pals with my former host, even though it was blistering hot and I was watering the gardens constantly. One day I found an injured lorikeet under a shrub, a small species of parrot. I put on my gardening gloves and picked it up. It sunk its beak into my thumb and would not let go. Seems like something is always trying to bite me. There was an empty bird enclosure behind the pet parrot's shed. I put the little dude in there and rang around local vets. Finally found someone to take him. Into a shoebox he went. About an hour's round trip to get him to a dock. I called back later and was told he'd been checked over and a wildlife carer had collected him. My thumb, meanwhile, had morphed into a big angry red bump. Wildlife care is often part of my rural gigs. Whether it's a local bird life or small critters that will starve, drought is a cruel master. Homeowners sometimes leave instructions on supplementary feeding for their regular customers, usually small marsupials like brush-tailed possums. At the local hardware store near one of my regular house sits, they're used to me rolling up to pick up wild bird seed in 20 kilo bags and put it on the owner's account. But last year, for the first time in my life, I came face to face with betongs. I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing that right. They look like miniature wallabies, and like everything else out there, they love bananas. For the West Coast trip, I'll need wheels. Not sure what, but I still have a few months to plan, and if house sits booked at either end of that trip on the East Coast, now I have a gig booked in the Southwest. It makes sense to go up and across the northern edge of Australia and see the wildflowers before it gets too hot and they dry up. I've always been a huge fan of Sturt's Desert Pea, a gorgeous splash of red topped by a shiny black eye. Spend some time at Ningaloo Reef, see the humpback whales migrating north. I've seen them steaming south on a previous visit. 
may even spot an orca. That would be a bonus. Then I'll drive south for my house sit and back across the Nullarbor Plain. Or take the train, drive or ride, a decision I don't need to make right now. I bought a paper map of Western Australia and intend to mark it up with destinations before and after I set out by road. All I've marked on the map for now is my house sit, so I have a focal point. I've hammered on a bit about water and swimming pools. I like to be in the water. It's an amazing feeling of peace and relaxation. So I'll finish up this week with an anecdote from a house sit with a swimming pool. I went over to the property for a pre-gig briefing and so the homeowners could meet someone who was going to be my co-sitter. Although his take on responsibility seemed to involve bailing halfway through and leaving me to do the lot. But at the meeting, the lady, who I'd come to know through previous sits, clearly said we could use the swimming pool if the weather warmed up. It was still covered from over winter. We were also following on from another house sitter, as I didn't have room in my diary to do the entire period of their overseas holiday. When we arrived, the pool was covered with a large air-filled float strung along its length under the cover to keep it off the water. A couple of weeks into the house sit, a hot spell settled over Brisbane. It was muggy and not pleasant. My co-sitter was out somewhere. I'd watered the gardens again. It was a never-ending battle to keep the plants alive. Then looked at the pool with desperation. Grabbed my blow-up tyre from the car found the air compressor and blew it up. Then headed onto the pool deck to remove the cover, carefully, then pulled out the strings of huge floats and laid them along the edge of the pool. While waiting for my companion to return, I flicked an email to the homeowners asking where the floats could be stored, presumably under the house, but the shed was locked. Later we headed down to the pool deck with towels, me and swimmers, him in his birthday suit. The water was blissfully cold. Fast forward to the next day, my host had replied. Her hubby said the pool water had to be tested. We needed to take a water sample, drive over to their supplier, then cart the appropriate amount of salt and anything else required back to the pool and dump it in. But wait, there's more. The pump under the house had to be calibrated. Seems the floats were to be tied under the house. Plan B was an apologetic line in the email that said, or you can just recover the pool. We decided to recover the pool. We secured the three strings of floats at either end of the pool with both of us. Then getting the cover on wasn't that difficult, but the floats had congregated in a clump. Then water seeped onto the edges of the cover. Now we had a lake on top of the cover. A pool on a pool, it seemed. My trusty, not too reliable as it turned out, co-sitter stripped off and jumped into the water and disappeared under the cover. I spotted a head-shaped mound as he bobbed about, voice buffled by the pool cover. My job was to retie the strings and pull the cover taut. Not that easy to do when you're down and out. Laughing so hard, my knees gave way. Fact, I have a bronze medallion in life-saving, and he's not as strong a swimmer as me, but I would have struggled to perform a rescue under the circumstances.
It was one of the funnier moments in house-sitting for me and one of the most endearing because it was a shared experience and those are the best. We got everything in place securely, a bit wonky, but the homeowner was thrilled with the place when they returned. And I found their new rescue kitty an absolute delight, a senior at 13 years young, content in her new home. If you enjoyed listening to my ramblings, please hit the follow button. It will help you find future episodes. My content is released weekly on Thursday afternoon in quick bites of roughly 20 minutes. And occasionally there may be bonus content on a specific topic. You can listen to episodes in any order. These are my stories and experiences. And sometimes I'll talk to other house sitters and homeowners. So, if you're a fellow traveller, a virtual traveller, or merely curious about different lifestyles, again, thank you for listening. See you next Thursday. And happy trails wherever you may stray.